This is Free Talk Live, Wednesday edition. Kicking off hour number one, you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And, and Wayne. Oop, and Mark. Sorry. Uh, yeah, hi, Mark. <laughs> And uh, you can also join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there on the site, completely free, so do enjoy those. They are on us, freetalklive.com. As we start things out by going straight to the phones and to the fun, let's talk to Brian in Colorado. You're on the Amplifier line. Hello, Brian. Afternoon, guys. Hey, hey. what's on your mind, sir? Hey, uh, I was down at the post office today getting uh, a few weeks' worth of mail because we were, you know, snowed in and all. Mm-hmm. And while I was standing in line, Watching the glacial speed of the of the uh, clerks back there, <laughs> I was thinking about anthrax. Remember all that? Yeah. Um, you know, there, there, there's these the nine nine eleven truth guys are saying, of course, it's a government conspiracy that CIA flew the planes in the in the building or whatever. But I haven't heard anything about an anthrax conspiracy. Hmm. Seems to me, since the U.S. government pretty much has a has a lock on the world's anthrax supply, then that um, and it's pretty easy to mail some. You know, some white powder to somebody. Right. Uh, could they have set it up to get uh, more money for the postal service and whatever to get, else to get people scared? Sure, they could have. Yeah. I suppose. I mean, that, that's a lot more conceivable than setting, you know, uh, uh, detonators on a building in the middle of the night on a weekend or something, and then finding some planes and disappearing a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, it could have also been somebody with access to the anthrax, maybe some sort of a government agent or government employee acting on his own. I don't know. The question would be, how far would the conspiracy spread if what you're suggesting is true? Right. I was just thinking that while I was at the post office today. <laughs> Any other interesting postal experiences for us, Brian? <laughs> well, I, I did uh, take exception to someone who called, oh, I don't know, a week ago or so, saying that he was he was in the Denver airport. And, you know, we're all a bunch of whiners. It's really not as bad as it, as it seemed. You know, he, he took off on time and he landed on time. Um yeah, that would have been Gene, the uh, the Christian anarchist. Okay, right. Um, and, you know, he, the, the Denver airport, you know, it was supposed to cost uh, one and a half or two billion dollars, and it ended up costing five. You know, and for that, we got some pretty good, uh, you know, snow removal equipment at, at the taxpayer's expense mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, uh, 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 de-icing equipment. So, you know, it's the best money can buy. So that that's why he was able to get in and out. But, but I guess there's still some people snowed in up in the... Uh, in the uh, northeast corner of Colorado. Gotcha. So you're saying that he was uh, maybe he was exaggerating a little bit? No, no, no. He wasn't exaggerating. It just it, what, his view from the airport was not the same as the view from you know down here where we have to deal with the, the drifts. I see. Because the airport's pretty efficient at getting rid of that stuff. I'm very good, Brian. Thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing right. from you, sir. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I'm going to jump into the email box here. This one uh, from Scott. He says, interesting stuff. I'm listening to your uh, show uh, from December, during which you discussed Lauren Canario's stay in jail and how she was totally unhelpful and uncooperative to the point where she would not even talk or walk. Then a bit later, you lambast the idea of pacifism. Hello? How about the fact that Gandhi totally changed the direction of India by acting with principle rather than force, which most likely would have been defeated from Scott? So were we being hypocritical by supporting Lauren in her inaction and her non-cooperativeness? And then where, where I was, and I think you were with me on this, attacking pacifism for being kind of silly. Um, I think that pacifism, which is uh, you know basically shunning violence in all its um, you know uh, incarnations, whether you know even defensive violence, 
is um, I, I don't like it. I think it's uh, silly. Now, um, but the it's not against the government. I believe in pacifism against the government because you simply cannot win. Um, if you are violent against the government, they will crush you like a bug. They understand that you're speaking their language, and they will, you know, just dis- utterly destroy you. So if um, she were being uh, uncooperative with the government in a you know, violent sense in the sense that she was, uh, you know, fighting to get away from the police or, um, you know, resisting arrest with violence or whatever it is. Believe me, they know how to take care of that. They take care of that all the time. Um, what I'm talking about is someone coming into my home and uh, me being, un, you know, because I'm a pacifist, unable to protect myself against them. Um, so an individual to individual situation. Uh, that's that's where I talk about. It's that. suicide to essentially fight back against the government in right. some cases. Though I would say at a certain point there is going to be you know there's going to be a turning point where if the government wants to get really violent with people like us with liberty minded people and we're not ready to just continue taking it. I think there's going to be a certain point at which uh, violence will have to be acceptable. I, I mean, think, for instance, look at Iraq. I don't want to be at that point, but um, there there is a theoretical point somewhere in the uh, possible future. Right. I don't think it ever has to go that far. <clears throat> I, I don't think so either. I hope not. No. Besides, they have weapons now that would blow your mind. It's not even. It's way beyond guns at this point. So literally, they can blow your mind. Yeah. <laughs> even even in the 70s, they had neutron bombs, which were designed to basically annihilate an area, but without destroying any buildings. Just kill everybody in that area. That yeah, was... but I don't think they had any. Uh, they they weren't successful in creating the neutron bomb. They, they just talked about it and hoped for it and all that stuff. We don't know. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. But they have electromagnetic weapons now and all these secret weapons. Yep. They, they, right. Well, we they, talked about uh, the little ray gun, the microwave ray thing mm-hmm. with the 94 gigahertz. It makes your skin feel like it's melting off. Well, and they they have something that makes you ill to your stomach and just fall to the ground. They have weapons that basically could fry a whole herd of hippos mm. in three seconds. Yikes. It is scary. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, like I said, fighting against the government uh, isn't it, – it's suicide currently. It's not smart. It's yeah. not smart. You know, you can do a lot more politically and just by making a statement like Lauren did. Now, that is a pacifist statement she's made, but that yeah. doesn't mean that she's a pacifist in every aspect of her life. If somebody comes to her door and demands money, she'll probably shoot him. Well, I was uh, – we've been around Lauren and her husband and uh, and our, our friends here in the in the Keene area, and there's a picture that we all took in the, the Christmas season. We – there's, uh, I guess Jim, her husband, was holding an AK-47, and so Lauren's husband's got himself an AK-47. Two of them. Uh, yeah. No, no, the other one was Rogers. Was oh. Somebody else. There was two AK-47s at the, at the same event. Yeah. Two Chicom uh, AK-47s. So I've been looking into the AK-47 since it seems to be the uh, Free Stater gun of choice it's, at this point. It's a good weapon. You can get uh, ammo for it easily. It's. Uh, yeah, I watched ex- a video today where they took, they took it and they threw it in a uh, puddle of water, picked it up shook it off a little bit and fired it. Then they threw it in a puddle of mud, picked it up, shook it off a little bit and fired it. And then they uh, had a Humvee run over it and then run back over it in the dirt, picked it up and fired it. (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. That's what it was designed for. Yeah. I like that because I hate cleaning guns. <laughs> so I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be perfect. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The another email here on Saturday or recently you were talking about the fact that the wealth pie is not finite from SciFace. One of the best examples of this is art. We were talking about how uh, you've got an existing wealth, and then when humans take their brains and they combine them with uh, natural resources, they create new products and services, and that creates new wealth. 
And so Sideface is giving us one example. According to the uh, to a list, one of the most expensive paintings in the world sold last month for 140 million dollars. The Mona Lisa was assessed at a hundred at a 100 million dollars in 1962, which translates to 670 million dollars today. Who knows what it would sell for on the open market? Says Sideface, and just pointing out that that's before, just paint, right? Before that paint was put on that canvas in the order it was put on it. It would have been worth, you know, five bucks for the paint and ten dollars for the canvas. Mm-hmm. But then you put it all together, and the marketplace decides that you've created new wealth. This is worth a hundred million dollars. And so, just one example there of how new wealth can be created. I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty good. Well, yes, we don't acquire wealth from consuming or borrowing. We consume wealth by making things, and people have forgotten that. Some people believe that there is a finite amount, and, and these people don't understand what wealth is. These are people who believe that there's a finite amount of just money in the world and that we should uh, use the government to force certain people who have a lot more of it to give it to other people that don't have as much, and that's going to solve all the problems, and it doesn't. You know, it's funny is that the uh, time in the U.S. history when the smallest gap between the rich and the poor was around early in the early 1900s before the Fed came into existence, when mm. we were on a strict gold and silver coin standard. That was the time. Mm. The, the purchasing power of the dollar was at its peak then. Oh, yeah, we were talking last night, Wayne, about the, uh, the new law that they've got on the books, making it illegal for you to melt down the pennies. Oh, in fact, it? you can't even travel out of the country with more than $5 in pennies now. And the, the pre-1982 pennies are actually worth even more because there's more copper in them. 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. And just so you know, the Mona Lisa is painted on wood, from what I understand. Okay. Uh, Packet 8 toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. The Packet 8 toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. That includes the live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version. Both of them on the house, freetalklive.com. I think I got an email before the show. I've yet to respond to it, but somebody who was trying to tune into the stream couldn't get it to work. Well, if you don't listen during the live hours, you're mm-hmm. probably not going to hear anything. We do host a few other shows at other times on our live stream, but if, you lis- if you're listening for Free Talk Live, you can only get it on the stream from 7 to 10 o'clock at night Eastern Time. If you're outside those hours, it's crapshoot. Can't we put a, uh, a loop on? Um... We could eventually, um, but that's going to take a little bit of money. That's going to take a little bit of effort, and okay. both of those two things I don't have uh, either of right now. <laughs> so, not enough. Yeah, indeed. So, uh, what's your liberty issue? Is it the right to bear arms? Well, register now for the February 2007 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Panelists include pro-Second Amendment New Hampshire state representatives, as well as gun organizations, and Bill Westmiller, the national chairman for the Republican Liberty Caucus. Visit freestateproject.org slash libertyforum for more information and to get registered. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. As we go to the phones, to the fun, Cato in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Kato. What's on your mind? Hey, um, my wife and I has, have a friend that has a number of uh, of health problems, mm. and uh, she has to uh, she has a prescription uh, for lower tabs and antidepressants. Um, occasionally, periodically, actually, she has to take a, a urine test uh, for the lower tabs to make sure that she's taken. I don't know she might be on uh, state assistance. She's 
you know, pretty poor. Um, Wait, she has to take a, a urine test to prove yes, she I, is taking them? Yes. Uh, and like I said, I don't know if that is, you know, I'm not sure if she's on state assistance or not with this, but she does have to take a urine test. Uh, she just moved here from, from Michigan, um, you know, where, of course, she had a different doctor. The thing about it is the lower tab doesn't show up in a urine test. So her doctor down here, who uh, I love the uh, phrase that Mark coined, jackball, uh, mm-hmm. took her off all of her medications, uh, including her antidepressants, which you aren't supposed to go cold turkey off of. Right. Uh, oh, boy. Because of, because, like I said, she you know looks like a poor person, so I'm sure that he assumes that she's selling her medication. So we have a situation where <laughs> we're on drugs, and she's not. She takes them. You know, but she can't prove it. So a situation where the war on the government's war, war on drugs deprives people who actually need the drugs of the drugs. Oh my goodness! So the doctor, just based on her appearance, decided yeah. that he it was too risky for him because doctors are made liable if a doctor pre- prescribes uh, too much Lortab to somebody. Um, they could be held responsible uh, to some extent if that person really is out there um, selling them on the street. And so that's he right, was more exactly. scared for himself than anything else, right? Exactly, exactly. And you know, of course, we can't you know prove that about the doctor, um, but you know, I mean, that would be the logical assumption. Yeah, it does not. So it's, uh, it's a very unfortunate situation. So what happened to her when uh, she was taken off of the Laura tabs? Uh, I. I we haven't talked to her for a while. I don't know if that's been resolved or not. Uh, she'd even talked about, you know, going down in, you know, before her test, like the day before her test, in the presence of the doctor and, and taking, you know, the pills mm-hmm. and then coming back later and, you know, proving that, you know, she's one of those people who just doesn't show up in her urine. Um, Interesting. But, uh, uh, but I actually haven't talked to her about it uh, since, you know, since this all went down. Man, well, Man unfortunate. That, that means her body's absorbing it all. Yeah, probably. I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know anything about you know physiology and stuff like that. But uh, well, normally you when know. you take normally when you take drugs, there's usually some sort of uh, the actual drug may not show up in your urine, but there's some sort of a byproduct uh, that will. For instance, they've tested. I, I don't remember. I think it was some European country where they actually tested the sewage water coming out of people's homes for these particular byproducts that they know for instance if you if you're snorting cocaine you're not going to the cocaine's not going to show up there's a byproduct that shows up and so they uh, they managed to estimate how many of the people in that given city were cocaine users based on the amount of byproducts showing up in people's wastewater <laughs> and it was just a fascinating study showing that there was far more than they'd expected to find it all shows up in your hair too in fact i used to do some consulting work for a company that did hair tests corporate hair Hair really? drug tests, and everybody in the company had a shaved head. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kato, really anything else for us tonight, sir? No, that was it tonight. You Thanks. guys have a good one. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate night. it. 800 Quick email from Cooper. He says, guys, I went to a party on New Year's, and I told a lot of older people about the Free State Project and libertarian views. All of them just smiled and said, Sonny, you need to pick a party that will make a difference. It's good that you have your views, but you need to make a difference for everyone. I took most of their words with a grain of salt, but I was lost for a uh, response to these claims. What do you think I should have said? 
And it seems to me that based on what he's saying here, he was sort of promoting the Libertarian Party, and maybe that's why they were taking shots at the party perspective. Mm. But uh, and I know, Mark, you're not much of a fan for the for the Libertarian Party. Uh, I don't think it just doesn't seem like it's working. To I don't me. think they're very effective. Uh, but on the other hand, that doesn't mean that I think they should be thrown out with the with the bathwater. I think they have a, a place. I think that they can be useful to shift the debate. They can be useful to uh, to do certain things. But Wayne, I mean, how would you handle uh, a situation like that where somebody was just obviously this is a younger individual? Well, I think that you have to stress that the Libertarian Party has emerged because the Republican Party has abandoned their roots and their principles, and that the Libertarian Party will, in the future, in the near future be very influential over both parties, especially the Republican Party, since that's what they're supposed to stand for to begin with. And a lot of libertarians end up in the Republican Party. Some, A few in the Democratic Party, but mostly in the, Democrat, or the uh, Republican Party. I think that in this case, if I were in that situation, I would just understand that the older a person is... Now, this is a general rule, and it, I don't mean... I'm not trying to be mean to older people, okay? But it's a general rule that the older you are, the more set you can become in your ways... And so for somebody who may be in their 60s or 70s, I'm, he doesn't mention how old these people were, but say older, and that's what I presume. For somebody who's up in, up in their years, they've been voting Republican or Democrat for decades, they can't even fathom the idea that another political party could have some effect or that there is another option out there. And so, of course, they're going to look down at you. They're going to look at you and just sort of chuckle about, uh, oh, <laughs> there's that young man with his silly libertarian mindset. And I would say just don't let it get to you. Um, if you're talking to somebody who doesn't appear to be even at, at least open-minded towards what you're mentioning, uh, then don't worry about it. Just move on and uh, find some people of a middle age, you know, in their 40s or uh, early 50s. Find somebody who's younger and uh, and talk to them and see if they're open-minded. Just move on. Don't worry about what these old people are thinking about what you're saying. I would say it's not even worth trying to convert them. Don't forget, a lot of the really old people grew up in the FDR mindset and kind of were conditioned from that point on uh, to accept socialism. You know, um, I think that the Libertarian Party can probably, at its best, um, and on the national level, hope to educate the American people to some extent or another about libertarianism. And um, I, I'm, you know, hoping that that's at their best and at their worst they fail to do any of it. It's the same for me. It's the same thing as uh, voting for a libertarian um, uh, president, presidential candidate. Mm -hmm. Neither one of those guys that ran in 2004 represented me and what I believe in, and I just couldn't see voting for either of them. So I voted for Michael Badnarik. And if enough people would have voted for him, he would have won. Yeah, so if enough people get behind it, we can make a difference. More on the way. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the updates, and whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show, you'll know first if you're on the updates list. Head over to updates.freetalklive.com to get on it. It's free like everything else at freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Do you have a child in your life? Be they son, daughter, or sibling, give them financial literacy. 
A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. School doesn't teach kids about money. Only their loved ones can do that. Give your special child A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich. Order it at akidsjourney.com or call 1-800-657-5066, akidsjourney.com. Go ahead and do it today. Don't wait. 800-259-9231 is our number. You get in touch. We'll talk to you about anything. We just got an email in from Cooper. We went over it. He was at a New Year's party talking with some, as he describes it, older people. Not sure what that means, but essentially um, he was talking with them about the Free State Project, which, of course, is a movement of of liberty-minded people all to the same state. He was talking about libertarian views, and we presume he was talking about the Libertarian Party because the response he got from some of these old people was that, well, you need a Sonny, you need to pay, pick a party that'll make a difference. It's good that you have your views, but you need to make a difference for everyone. And, of course, my suggestion was that don't worry about recruiting people with a mindset like that. These are people who are set in their ways. Well, they're not making a difference inside their parties either. They might believe something different than what their party believes. What kind of difference are they making? They're not making any. I mean, each person in, inside right. the national arena, making when it comes to a vote, a vote makes very little difference. Whether you're voting for Democrats, Republicans, or Libertarians, it doesn't make much difference. What matters is educating people, and I think that the Libertarian Party should be about that. Well, the existing parties, the Democrats and the Republicans, aren't making a difference in the way that I would like to see a difference made. They're making a difference mm-hmm. in that they're making the government bigger and more oppressive and obtrusive than they've ever been. That's the party, but the people that vote for them don't necessarily want that. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's, that's true. right. So yeah, it's Socialist Party A versus Socialist Party B. Right, and that's not that's not acceptable for me. Now, if one of them starts shifting in another direction, and I'm like I'm like I think anybody else in this room, if there's a Republican or a Democrat running for office who's actually principled and has a libertarian or, or liberty mindset. And will sign the small government pledge that'll say that they will not grow the size of government and they'll actively reduce the size of government. They've got my vote. So I'm not a party fanatic. I uh, I will vote for whoever will advance liberty. And I think that's that's the real issue here. But if if the person you're talking to, Cooper, or in anybody's case, doesn't really even seem interested in in hearing the message of freedom, move on. There are plenty of other prospects in this country. There's 300 million people here. Sure. We don't need that one. Now you don't, you don't always get the through uh, through to people right away. Sometimes you just plant a seed, and then they hear it again somewhere else, and true. it starts to sink in. That, right. And, and, and you can't you cannot know how important that is. Um, is you know if you do it in a friendly way, a non-confrontational way, that how that seed can grow and grow. I just had a conversation today with an architect. I'm looking at building a building. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I talked to him about, you know, he said he was a liberal. Um, mm. And I had him take the world's smallest political quiz. And, hey, he was right there on the line between liberal and libertarian uh-huh. and centrist. He was right there at that point. Liber- right. Liberal, libertarian, and centrist. Um, on the world's smallest political quiz, um, I have it on my, my little palm pilot. Right. And... I told him, you know, just that uh, the Libertarian Party is, uh, the Libertarian philosophy is the most nonviolent of all political philosophies. Because, and I explained to him, you know, how uh, coercion works with the Social Security. Um, he had said that he liked the idea of Social Security. Okay. So I said, how it works, if I don't want to play Social Security, at some point or another, a guy with a badge and a gun comes along and um, either makes me play or I go to jail. And, um,. You know, he. I don't know whether he saw it or anything like that, but I planted a seed that right. said libertarianism is more nonviolent than liberalism. And it's important mm-hmm. to, uh, and I, what you're talking about is really important, that, that seed planting, mm-hmm. that you just plant the seed and leave it. And if you want to come back to him 
a few months later or a few weeks later, the next time you happen to encounter them, I think it'd be appropriate to perhaps bring it up again. But uh, don't hit them over the head. Um, you know, if you're talking yeah. to somebody for the first time about liberty, you plant that seed, and uh, don't keep shoving seeds in the ground after you've planted that one. At that one. point, you're you're trying to crush them. You're trying right. to dominate them with your um, with your political philosophy. You must believe what I say because I've said it to you right now. You know, that's not fair. But we've been talking, I guess, recently about some suggested ideas as far as the Libertarian Party or maybe the Libertarian Movement in general retooling its name for itself. Because a lot of people have said that the the name Libertarian conjures up in a lot of people's minds liberal just because it, the first three letters are the same. Uh, Wayne, I think you had a suggestion. Yes, I've been listening to all that for a while. And I've been thinking about it from a marketing point of view especially and also a principled point of view. And I felt after thinking about it that I wanted something that most everybody could relate to and get behind just by hearing the words. And I thought, well, what about the small government party? And then I, I talked to Mark about it. And he says, well, what would a, a member of that party be called? And I had to think about it a little bit. And, well, what if we're small governors? In other words, we're, we're part of the small government party, but we're also uh, governors. How about so- self-governors? Yeah, self-governor. Well, well, that could be sort of intra-party. You know, because I don't think you could call it um, – if you call it the self-government party, then you've got a real mess on your hands um, because you're not going to get the – even the libertarian party is 90 percent um, or 90-something percent libertarians of some sort and maybe 10 percent anarcho-capitalists. Mm-hmm. A self-governor would be an anarcho-capitalist. Um, by that, you know, defin- by the sort of the the definition of the words. So I, I don't think- agree. A libertarian. The definition of a libertarian is somebody that uh, believes in uh, that coercion is not acceptable for political or social goals. I d- did so I by s- definition, did, did a libertarian I- is somebody who is a self-governor. Right, and I understand. I'm certain that that's what all the anarcho-capitalists say in the Libertarian Party. That in fact, all of you who believe in small government mm-hmm. are underneath our name. You're using our name. We're libertarians, not you people and all your violence. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, let's take the derision out of it, okay? Because um, I think that you could agree that there's far more libertar- you know, libertarians, uh, small governor- government people out there, than there are um, anarcho-capitalists. Would you agree with that? Sure. Okay. Um, would you like to have them on your team or not on your team? I'll put. I'll take them on my team. Sure. Okay, great. Then let's stop all the der- derisive conversation as far as I'm the not small being government. derisive. I'm just defining the term, Mark. Mm-hmm. Either agree or no, you disagree. Th- I don't think that libertarian is the definition of the oath that's on the uh, website. You're okay. using the why oath you as the definition. At, why don't you go look it up then? What, where? I don't know. Libertarianism.com. Um, what if I looked it up at the dictionary? I think they might say something different. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you're defining it in a certain manner. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, back off your definition. Give, a, give it a little room and let some other people in. Yeah, well, the problem with that is, Mark, uh, when you back off from the definition and you give people room, then you get infiltrated, as is what's happening in the Libertarian Party, by people who want to take it over. And that's one of the reasons why the Libertarian Party is so ineffective, because you've got a bunch of people in the party who don't agree with the principle, who do want government in certain areas of their life, and they're essentially spoiling the uh, spoiling the party for everybody else. Wayne, this is the other reason the Libertarian Party is never going to go anywhere. This, right but, here. You hear it. There are a lot of interesting ideas thrown around within the party. I, I'm an independent. I don't join any party. I'm just not a joiner. 
but I, I cheer them on from the sidelines. Me too. I, I like the Libertarian Party. I want them to win. But, um, you know, the very fact that, uh, you know, of what's going on here, I think the name is a huge issue. But there's also a lot of infighting in the party. Um, people like Ian. Right. You know, That's the, why the politics very, sucks. The very principled people like Ian um, won't allow any, you know, won't allow a, an inch to be given in in their quarter and in the process can't play ball with a bunch of other people so then what do you got you got a bunch of other little you know schisms inside a party that's too small to be effect, effect to show up on the map and it makes it useless well it can it can also be a, a very useful breeding ground for people who end up taking those principles and bringing them to one of the major parties but the point is is that the two major parties are rotten to the core now at this point and another party do, does need to emerge and I think renaming the Libertarian Party would, would be a great stride in that direction, as long as they can agree on a name. I don't, I don't, I don't know if we can do I that. I like the small government party. I, I think that it, it describes what it is that we're out after. I mean, Ian's out after small government. He's would rather have no government at some point, but he's willing to take small government over the government yeah. we have. If you want to win over the masses, you you have to market to them. And I think small governors is um, I think it's a very empowering little um, you know name. Unfortunately, uh, like you pointed out, Mark, the Libertarian Party has been arguing over this for years, and nothing's ever happened. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves, toll free, 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free. We do ask that you voluntarily support the show, though, by buying some stuff at the Free Talk Live store. We've got Free Talk Live branded merchandise like hats and T-shirts and uh, classic archives on DVD, collector sets, and more. You'll find it all at store.freetalklive.com. Plus, for all of your other shopping needs, head over to amazon.freetalklive.com. That's right. It's the world's largest Internet retailer. But if you enter through that link... We'll get a percentage of anything that you purchase. Amazon.freetalklive.com, great way to get the stuff you need and help support Free Talk Live. Once again, the Packet 8 toll-free line is 800-259-9231. Let's see, so we were talking about libertarianism and perhaps maybe renaming the Libertarian Party. And I uh, I think that the Libertarian Party absolutely should rename itself. And I also think that to solve the problem with the purity issue, Mark, that bothers Mm -hmm. you so much, I think that the purists need to break off and start their own party, and that way they can that the Libertarian Party can have its mishmash of people that don't have any principles anymore, which is what the Libertarian Party is turning into. That way we can have two uh, liberty-oriented third parties. Competition's a good thing, right? I think that um, I, I. I'm fine with that. Um, I think that uh, it's going to dilute the uh, process and, and make it so that both of the both of the organizations um, are going to. Uh, but the, you've already fail. admitted that the process is diluted already with the infighting that goes on amongst the party. Nothing gets done. Um, People I, in the Libertarian Party spend all their time debating over silly things, which is why I, you mentioned Wayne. You're not a joiner. I at one time was a member of the Libertarian Party. I still am because I'm a life member. I mean, I, I'd have to take some time to rescind that, but I don't go to Libertarian Party meetings anymore, and I don't give them money anymore, so essentially I'm not really a, a, a member of the Libertarian Party. It's because I was sick of the infighting, too. So because of all the infighting, because of all the impurity that was going on in the Libertarian Party, they lost a really good activist. They lost a, uh, a, a financial supporter. 
because they don't stand for what I believe in anymore. Well, it, it's a party. It's it's con- it's composed of a bunch of different individuals, and if um you know if people that uh, can't get along decide to leave, then that's you know I mean it's just going to continue to fail. Yeah. And I think that there's um lar- I would think to a, a large extent that. Uh, People like yourself, um, you know, with political beliefs like yours, the free marketeers out there, probably uh, believe more strongly in the party and therefore, um, you know, are more likely to uh, support it financially and those kind of things. Where else are you going to go? I don't think you can uh, join the Republican Liberty Caucus with uh, with a you know good conscience. I I believe that it's a good alternative, but. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I I think that in the long run, it's it's guys like you that lose the most. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Al emails in. He says, "Subject line: Ian and Mark are mad hatters." <laughs> <laughs> Let me start off by saying I am a libertarian. I believe in as much privatization as possible and individual freedoms. That being said, your program is nothing more than audio agitation. You do have the Free State Project, but we all know that's slightly more than a cult movement. People with families. We all know that. People with apparently everyone knows that except <laughs> for us, Mark. People with families and careers won't pick up and move to New Hampshire because an old lady was killed in Atlanta on a botched police sting. I don't mean to be a jerk, but while I agree somewhat with what you say, it comes off mostly as holier-than-thou preaching. Well, you just don't believe enough, and that's fine. Um, I hope your chains rest lightly upon you. He says there are too many issues, but uh, preaching... To suggest that uh, Free Talk Live preaches any oh, more than other, any other talk show, though? I think we're preachy in the sense that a, in the sense of a talk show. I mean, all talk shows are preachy. Right. You um, take the opinions. A political talk show is. Right. A, a, a talk show, and this isn't just a political talk show. We just happen to focus on political issues a lot of the time. Uh, you, take a, you take an opinionated individual, you put them in front of a microphone, and they're going to share their opinions. And, of course... Considering our opinions are right, I mean, I could I could understand how it comes off as uh, maybe a little bit uh, preachy at times. But anyway, he goes on. There are too many issues to mention here, but I think everything can be summed up in how much freedom we have as Americans. According to you two, we're on the path to 1984 to a 1984-like Nazi-style Gestapo state. In reality, we enjoy virtually unlimited freedom. Even though illegal, millions smoke pot, avoid taxes, my wife does so by working off the books, etc., etc. Some get caught, but let's be real, says Al. The government is not an entity to fear. It's made up of people who we elect. In any case, we know that big businesses really make the laws that places politicians, a.k.a. puppets, says he. So, let's move on. That's no big deal, guys. What are we all upset about? I mean, this government, it doesn't catch so... There's so many people breaking the law. It's, it only catches some of them. Why should we even be agitating? Why should... I mean, he calls this uh, audio agitation. Why are we out here you agitating? Know, what he sounds like... Um, and, like He's clearly... Um, he's, he's riding the line. He's a libertarian that's uh, working within the system... To uh, and you know and and slipping by like a slalom skier through mm-hmm. the uh, the regulations, managed to get by the laws he doesn't like, and and that's all fine and dandy. Imagine and it's free. Imagine it's free. imagine Mark. the pot, the pot dealer out there who says, ah, these cops, they're not out there um, trying to bust me. It's you know it's just marijuana. The uh, screw, they're, they're no he... big deal. And then one day they get him and they put him in jail. That's and right. He's just. He's just wait. He's just biding his time mm-hmm. um, until they bust him and his wife for this, uh, you know, tax evasion. It's going to happen. Um, I, you know, I don't want it to happen, 
I'm not hoping that for him. I hope he can slide through all oh, but along. But it's still a free country. What's the big deal? Why would you? Why should we get on the air and agitate about it? Well, there's one small thing that he's failing to realize that the screws are getting tighter every day. Oh, Wayne, you just believe we're on a path to a 1984-like Nazi-style uh, Nazi Gestapo state. Well, if you run with the herd, you step in manure, guys. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm out here agitating about this because I care about what happens to other people's rights. His Maybe rights. they haven't kicked in my door. Maybe they haven't necessarily cracked in a friend of mine's head. But the fact is, they are doing that to people in America. It's happening. It really? happens. Uh, Radley Balco at theagitator.com, appropriately enough. Uh, Radley Balco, I think, has calculated the number, and I don't have the number in front of me, but the number of police raids, paramilitary police raids, where they're kicking in people's doors that occur on a daily basis in the United States. The number is stunning. It's not just one here, one there. There's far more than are ever even reported. The only ones that get reported on are the ones where they accidentally burn somebody's house down, like we talked about recently, or shoot somebody's uh, family dog. There are plenty of them where they just bust in and terrorize people. Nobody happens to get shot and killed, so it doesn't make the news. This goes on all the time. And you just sit back in your easy chair, Al, and you can just blow it off by saying, well, they haven't caught me for smoking a joint yet, so I'm living in a free country. You know, that agitates me, that sort of attitude that this guy has. Like, oh, it's no big deal. Why get on the, why, why get on the radio and talk about these issues? Discover, we live in the freest country in the world. Why don't you just shut up? When it, when it comes down to these issues um, of, of taxes and, and those kind of things, I am required, whether I do it or not, I am required to fill out all this paperwork. I'm required to um, report all of my income. I'm required to give a certain percentage of that income to the government. Now, um, whether they enforce these uh, rules uh, thoroughly, well, efficiently, that that's up for uh, you know up for debate. But at some point or another, I could very well get caught in the same trap. That's complacency for you, and complacency is what, what has got is. us into this position to begin with. Yep, you're absolutely right. He's got a few more thoughts, though. He says, you read articles on the air from small-town USA about some minor law which doesn't affect anyone outside that town, if that. You talk about Jose Padilla as if he was walking down the street one day and suddenly shuffled into a government van and imprisoned for fun. In reality, he's a gang member who's responsible for at least one murder. And then he cites a source. You may charge him. You may say charge him for that. Fine. Whatever. In any case, he's a cancer on society. Oh, but wait a minute, Al. I mean, if you're really a libertarian as you claim to be, you you're, must As a matter of least... fact, by the way, Al, you're a tax dodger and a drug user. No, it's his wife. But, Whatever. Um, it's, oh, he's married to her. But now, wait a minute. He, now, he's, if he's, he's implicit in this. If he's he needs liber- to go to prison. If he's a libertarian, as he claims to be, even a lightweight libertarian, and even in, a libertarian in name only, he should at least agree with the Constitution and habeas corpus and yeah. the, you know the ability to uh, have a public trial and a speedy trial and all those things. Jose Padilla didn't get any of that. And if he did commit a murder, prove please, it. Please, please do so. Prove I it. want him to and go to charge jail. charge him. If he did right. it. Oh, also, he com- complains that we read articles from Small Town USA. And of course, Al lives in New York City. So everything, anything outside of New York City doesn't affect Al. Al's Dude. world is completely New York City. But Al, we read stories from New York City that don't directly affect anybody else in the country. And apparently you don't understand the reason. The reason is we want to point out what governments around America and the world, sometimes we'll read stories from other countries entirely, what governments everywhere are doing to people. And you Because know, if, governments borrow ideas from one another. They'll admit it. 
They'll say, hey, those guys in New York City got a great idea with that trans fat band. Let's do it, too. And if you want a New York City-based libertarian show, go out and do one. We do a, you know, a U.S.-based, a world-based, an international libertarian show. Al's got some suggestions, though, for what we should do on Free Talk Live. We'll come back with that in hour number two. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. The Packet 8 toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site there are completely free. Once again, that is freetalklive.com. I want to apologize to uh, uh, Jay in California. He was holding on. I don't know if he's still listening. We had, I guess, a micro station out there in Cali in uh, Gilroy, and uh, I completely just spaced out. It wasn't because we were trying to avoid your call, Jay. Just a total space job on my case. So if you want to call back in, we'd love to hear from you. 800-259-9231. We were in the midst of an email last hour that came in from uh, somebody who's got a bit of critique for us here on Free Talk Live. He thinks that um, we're agitators. Mm -hmm. His name is Al, and he's from New York City. And he claims to be a libertarian, but... He's uh, apparently the type of libertarian who doesn't believe in doing a, well, a darn thing. Um, he say, he thinks that uh, the country is the freest country in the world. Uh, we've just got so much freedom as Americans. Why bother rocking the boat? What's he the deal? He said so on Fox News, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, by the way, it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And uh, so he says, uh, yeah, no big deal. We've got a lot of freedom. He calls it virtually unlimited freedom here in the United States. Huh. And, and he goes on to address that some of the some of the issues we talk about here on the show, he goes on to address uh, taxation. He says that, sure, there's taxes, but millions of people avoid them. So you're not, it's not like you're unfree. You just avoid the taxes. Well, What's the big deal? What about the, when the Federal Reserve prints more money and causes inflation? Are you going to avoid that tax? Well, yeah, okay, good point. But the rest of the taxes, no big deal. How are you going to avoid property tax? You can't. You don't own a house, but then you pay How are you going to avoid sales tax? You can't. Mm. You might be able to avoid income tax, oh, but you, you you're just walking complain. the line. You're an agitator, Mark. All you're, you do is complain about taxes. You know, we have the freest country in America, and I'm a libertarian. That's why, yeah, and that's why, um, you know... See they, my problem with people calling themselves libertarians who aren't really libertarians? That's, um, but that's the, the problem with his theory that uh, income tax is, um, you know, avoiding income tax is just as easy as, you know, writing a bunch of lies on a piece mm-hmm. of paper or whatever is, um, you know, not everybody's in the same circumstance as you are. Um, They're not all able to completely hide what they're doing. And some of them have to actually, you know, tell fibs in order to uh, not pay the um, taxes or whatever. And then they have a whole bevy of people working for this organization called the IRS that sent out auditors to ask you a bunch of questions um, on your time. And if you answer the wrong way, they charge you money. You don't pay that money, they put you in prison. That's you can not pre- freedom. You can pretend like they don't exist, but the, the fact is they are out there hurting people. Right. You can close your eyes to the Gestapo marching down the street, and um, you know that wouldn't mean that they weren't there. I'm not saying that there is a Gestapo marching down the street. They're at the airport <laughs> going through your bags. 
So uh, he's upset with us. He thinks we're uh, we're audio agitators. He thinks we're just out here stirring it up when we've got the greatest country in the world. Why? You know what? Why don't we just go home, Mark? Let's forget about this whole free talk live thing and let's enjoy all the f- yeah. wonderful freedoms. Nobody agrees we have with here. us on this. I wonder okay. how he feels about the Military Commissions Act. He doesn't mention it, uh, no. but he does mention that he doesn't like the fact that we talk about stories that take place in. Small town USA. Now, of course, this is the attitude of a New York City denizen. Al signs his uh, email sincerely, Al, from New York City. So everything else is small town USA to Al. And why should he care uh, what goes on in Alabama? Why should he care what goes on in California? Or why should he care what goes on in the United Kingdom? I mean, we talk about stories from the UK. We talk about stories from, from other countries. Does that have any bearing on what's going on in New York City? Of course it does. It shows a trend. Well, yeah, maybe it doesn't have any bearing immediately. Maybe it doesn't have any bearing when the uh, United Kingdom bureaucrats pass a law. It may not right away, but down the line, that law could come here. And we've read stories where bureaucrats have said in the story, they've said... Yeah, we went over to uh, to Singapore, and they've got the these uh, lights on their cabs that on their cars that show if they're going over a certain number of miles an hour, and we just think that's the greatest idea. So we're going to bring it here to New York City. But the reason we talk about these other issues is because they could come home, is because they do come home. And Al, we talk about New York City issues because we know that other people. Not because we've ever um, lived in New York City. I've been there to visit it, and uh, I consider it an ugly, ugly place. But not because I care necessarily what's going on in New York City. I think if you care about freedom and you live in New York City, you've got, you've got a bit of a screw loose. I think you need to get the heck out and uh, and join the Free State Project well, I think because people, there's no pe- hope for freedom in New York City. People become libertarians wherever they become libertarians, and you know at some point or another, you just don't like New York City, and I happen to like it. I think it's uh, you know it's a place that the I bigger would like the to live. city, the less a chance, uh, at least in America, the less a chance it's ever going to get free. I would it's say gonna that that's take a, those are going to be the last thing. places if we ever have freedom spreading across America. The, the big cities, New York, L.A., yeah, last yeah. places to... to I, I agree. I agree entirely. Uh, so, Al does have some suggestions for us. He says, I apologize for being harsh, but I do enjoy <laughs> your program and your goal of free your state. But let's tackle the bigger issues. Corporate corruption. Okay, Al, let's tackle it. Corporate corruption. Well, if there was a very small government or no government at all, there would be no corporations... And all businesses would be run by individuals. They wouldn't be able to hide behind the shield of the corporation, which is the purpose of the corporation. The government created a legal entity to shield the business owners from liability. That's the purpose of a corporation. Yeah. So corporations would be gone. Therefore, there's that issue. Just addressed it in 30 seconds. And, and then you, you also have a lot of insider corporations that actually get lots of freebies and uh, from the government. Right. You know, um, corporations wouldn't be a problem at all, Al, if it wasn't for the government. Because um, the corporations hire lobbyists, and the lobbyists go and they get favors from the politicians. The politicians have power, power that they derive from you and I. It comes from this big oppressive government that we don't have. And they, uh, they use that power, they use those politicians to pave the way for them at the, at the cost of the little guys. Right. The little guys you know, who are getting hurt by the law. All these things that they blame on corporations and, and you know, these business entities... Almost all this stuff. Now, there, there certainly are some things out there that, um, you know, in a uh, libertarian world where corporations would have to be looked at. But if you just, at the very, very least, got rid of the big, overpowering, um, powerful federal government, mm-hmm. you would see 
corporate power diminish like you wouldn't believe. Absolutely. And then if you got rid of big, powerful state governments and big, powerful municipal governments in the process, then you'd see corporate power really go away. You want to talk about leveling the playing field. Yeah. That's the best way mm-hmm. to do it. Oh, he also wants us to address corrupt politicians. I think we do that you know, oh virtually every Oh, my God, every that's night, all we do. Uh, Take the time. money out of politics, for one. Right. Now, we don't actually specifically attack individual politicians unless a story happens to break. I mean, if there's a story that we can't ignore, like the Mark Foley incident from 2006, you know, the guy that was talking with uh, 16-year-olds in their underwear on the Internet, <laughs> uh, you, know, we, you can't ignore a story like that. But for the most part, I don't want to spend my time hunting out corruption amongst politicians because I know they're almost all corrupt. Politicians as a group, as a whole, are individuals who are in search of power. There are some exceptions to the rule. Ron Paul, I would say, is a relatively uncorrupt politician uh, from Texas. But for the most part, you name a politician, and I'm going to presume he's corrupted, just because that's how it is. The small government takes the big money out of politics, therefore it will attract people who want to serve us rather than steal from us. Look at New Hampshire. I mean, even though, uh, now you say that uh, Wayne, but even in New Hampshire, where they pay a hundred dollars a year to their representatives, you still have some power mongers just because they love the power, just because they love having that ability to vote yay or nay and control the state. But nonetheless, having that hundred dollar paycheck certainly keeps some of the uh, the greedy uh, power mongers out. It's also an not. automatic term limit too. Uh, Also, uh, Al says, we should also attack special interest groups and the swell of illegal immigrants who refuse to Americanize. Oh, boy. (laughs) (sighs) Al, Al, Al. You know, you say you're a libertarian, and yet you uh, have a problem with immigration? This is a tough, tough libertarian issue, and I will not let you question his libertarianism based on this particular issue. It's not fair. This is advanced libertarianism. I don't see why it's so advanced. I mean, it's just a matter of freedom to move around, Mark. Uh, The freedom to cross borders in a free country, you should be able to come and go as you please. If Mexico and Canada want to put up a bunch of restrictions and regulations, well, that's their own country. They don't deem to be a free country. We are supposed to be free, and it's a slap in the face against liberty to suggest otherwise, that somebody who comes here has to ask permission from a government bureaucrat, which is what's going on. That's the legal immigration process, where you beg for permission from some unaccountable board of bureaucrats as to whether or not you can come here and make a better life for yourself. Outrageous to suggest that it's uh, unlibertarian to be for open immigration. More on the way. You take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231 is the Packet 8 toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The wiki is there, wiki.freetalklive.com. There had been a bug on the wiki recently, up until a couple of days ago. And it was what happened was our server crashed back in December, and we got everything back online, and as when you have to get a bunch of services back online from scratch, it's inevitable there's going to be some holes in a few different places. And so one of those bugs was that on the wiki, nobody could upload images. So anybody that was trying to create a new page and upload an image to it was getting an error. And I know that only a percentage of people will actually email me when there's an error like that. So I figured I'd let you guys know the wiki should be fully functioning at this point. WIKI.freetalklive.com. There's over 900 pages created by listeners like you at wiki.freetalklive.com. 
Just a few more thoughts uh, for Al in New York City. Al, who uh, supposedly is a libertarian, but doesn't think that this whole government thing's a big deal. He's really concerned with corporate corruption. He thinks that we live in a free country and that uh, he thinks that we're um, essentially exaggerating when we suggest, and we have done so often on Free Talk Live, when we suggest that we're on a path towards tyranny in this country. And I don't understand how you could deny that we are on a path towards tyranny in the United States. I, I could understand that maybe you could just we close sh- we your eyes. We give evidence every single night. Right, close your eyes and plug your ears and go, la, 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 this is the best country ever. Mm-hmm. And, and <laughs> you know, or you could dismiss it by saying, well, all that stuff happens down in those southern states or those small towns where the cops get all, you know, crazy and but that's stuff. not true. I mean, New York City, the bastion of big government, the Empire State. You've got in New York City you are the essentially the example the ugly ugly example for the rest of the country to take a look at as far as big government and government intrusiveness. You don't have a second amendment in New York City? Nope. Forget it. Uh you don't have I mean there's so many laws there it's insane. I remember there was one guy who was I guess ticketed for sitting out on a milk crate out in front of his place of business. Like unlawful sitting or something. <laughs> Didn't we do a story about a month ago about these new guard towers being erected in New York City? Yeah, that's right. Times Square. A police tower. No, they're just keeping us safe. Wayne, what are you talking about? And, of course, the New York City Police Department is probably one of the most corrupt in the entire country. Mm, I don't know. LAPD up there. That's, that's good competition between those two as far as corruption is concerned. But, Al... You live in one I'm of the. I'm not sure. I, I necessarily agree with um, the, you know the, the levels of corruption uh, in those particular police departments. Okay, uh, it would seem you to me just that hear more. You certainly hear more about uh, corruption. Lot, I did know a former New York Police Department uh, detective who did tell me personally that everyone he knew was corrupt on the squad. Hmm. He told me personally. I mean, that's all I'm going on, Mark. It's just my personal experience. I understand, here. but I believe that a uh, small town sheriff has the opportunity to be more corrupt than a uh, large police department. It's all about the individuals. Yeah, good point. I'm not saying that there aren't fully corrupt small-town sheriffs, but on the scale of things, New York's definitely up there. Uh, Well, anyway, you live in a place where there's huge government, major government intrusions into people's lives. I don't understand how you can just sit there and say to yourself, oh, you free staters, you're just a cult. Oh, you guys, you libertarians, you believe we're on a path towards a Gestapo state. What are you talking about? This is the freest country in the world. I'm so satisfied with our freedoms here in America. I don't understand why you're rattling the cage. I'm chanting. Why rock the, why rock the boat? Well, you know what, Al? If you don't see it, that's fine. And if you want to sit there in New, your little New York City apartment or wherever it is that you live and think that you live in a free country, great. I'm glad you're happy, and I'm glad you like your life. But for the rest of us who can see it happening, for the rest of us who can see the government growing by leaps and bounds, with the Democrats and the Republicans holding hands and skipping down the path towards tyranny, we see it happening every single day, and we point it out on this show. You can keep your eyes closed to it if you want to, but that doesn't make it any less true what we're talking about. And you know, if the government was going in another direction, if it was going in a smaller government direction, we'd be on the air cheering it on every night. Every time that it, um, every time we see a ruling or um, some piece of news that shows um, the government getting smaller or a victory for freedom and liberty, it's not often. It's not it's not often, but every time we see it, we talk about it. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you'll get we maybe want one. to talk about good news on this show. Absolutely. I want people to to at least believe that there's a chance that we can turn this uh, this thing around. But people like Al don't believe there is anything that needs to be turned around. In fact, Al points out that he thinks that the uh, one of the big issues of the day is illegal immigration or illegal immigrants who refuse to Americanize, in his opinion. And Al, what you're doing here... His whole city is full of immigrants, <laughs> whether legal or illegal, that um, refuse to Americanize. I mean, his whole city. Yeah, go to Chinatown, Just, Little I, Italy. Go get on the subway. Things I mean, I like have that. asked, I have gotten on that subway, I have asked white people for directions, and I, more than once, them not be able to communicate <laughs> with me, okay? <laughs> now, I'm not saying that white people should be able to speak English, and it's not some kind of weird generalization like that. Yeah. I'm just saying, it's a generalization I made, because that's what I'm used to, right. that white people speak English um, almost every single time, and I've had that not happen. Did it make New you York angry, City. Mark? Did it make you fume? No, it may surprise me a little. Right. You know, and it's because deal. I don't need to control other people's behavior that badly. I don't need them to speak my language just because I do and I want them to. Well, plus we understand because we've looked at the statistics, we've looked at the studies that shows that maybe they don't speak your language right now, but after a generation, or they're two. fluent. Yeah. At two, maximum. Yeah. Uh, they're completely fluent. In fact, after two generations, they don't, they don't speak, speak their old language right. anymore. That's just right. like you, Al. Just like you, and they you didn't. don't speak the language of your great-grandfather either. New York has been a, mel- a grand melting pot for over 100 years, and what do you think the Statue of Liberty was? At one time, it was a processing area for immigrants yep. who came over. And it was a simple process. It Very was, simple. Yeah, give us just, your name. Do you have any diseases? All right, you're in. When the, when the Italians came over, I was told that they used to just put 2NY on their forehead, and that's why so many of them are named Tony now. <laughs> <laughs> 800-259-9231. If you've got comments for Al, maybe uh, maybe you agree with Al. Maybe you agree that uh, you know Free Talk Live shouldn't be out there rocking the boat here in America, that we've got it good, that America, we're sitting pretty. There's no problems here. There's no monetary issues that could cause the country to come to a, sc- a screeching halt. There's no. No, we shouldn't pay attention to little things like that. We should just enjoy sitting around, watching television, and drinking beer like the rest of America, right? We should remember what part of our anatomy is most prominently displayed when our head is in the sand. Mm, excellent point. 800 So Al's concerned with the illegal immigrants. But Al says that it's we're not on a path to a Nazi-like Gestapo state. But yes, Al, if you, people who believe that, uh, if people like you, people who think that immigration should be controlled by the government, get your way... And I don't know if Al believes this. I'm just talking in generalities now. The people who want to control immigration want to see people more. who want to put big fences up uh-huh. on the borders. Fences at the borders. They want to see uh, mandated programs where businesses have to check their employees against a federal database to make sure they can even hire somebody. That's right. Businesses in America soon. They're working on this. And this isn't a scare tactic. This is for real. They're working on a program where any business owner will have to check with the feds before they can even hire somebody. They want these rules. They want the uh, the feds, the ICE people, kicking in people's doors. They want raids. They want people rounded up. They want them excluded from the country. That sounds to me like a Nazi-style Gestapo state, Al. 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line. But Al says uh, if America fails, well, he gives us a reason as to why it will be. We'll share it with you coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. 
Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. The Packet 8 toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, and that includes archives and entire year's worth of the show. Right there, front page of the website, for your listening convenience at freetalklive.com. And do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? Well, SACL, C-A-I, does collections, and they do it in a whole new way. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL, C-A-I, check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. That's 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. All right, so just a few more thoughts on this email from Al in New York City, Al, the uh, so-called libertarian, who believes that there's no problem with this country. Oh, it's fine. The government's now, so so tiny and uh, you know, it's not getting bigger. It's I have no to take umbrage deal. with that. You know, I mean, maybe Al's not uh, as principled as you are, or as I am certainly, or um, Wayne, but he. He may very well be a libertarian. Um, you know, I'm not willing. I'm not. I think he's libertarian in that he'd like to see uh, pot legal, but uh, just being a one-issue libertarian I'll, does not make a libertarian. I understand, but I'll, I'll take I'll take my libertarians where I can get them. And um, that's not a libertarian. Extent. That's somebody who will assist you on a libertarian issue, and that's fine. I'll take my assistance where I can get it. I'll work with a socialist if they're going in the same direction that I am. If there's a if there's a socialist out there that would like to see. Legal marijuana, but that's all they agree with me on? I'll work with them on that one issue. That doesn't mean I'm going to call them a libertarian. Anyway, Al says, if America falls, it will not be from China or bad government. <laughs> it will be from the lose of our culture. The Thank what you. of our culture? The lose. I think he means loss. Uh, oh. Anyway, he misspelled it. <laughs> he I, actually sounds more like a conservative libertarian. Yeah, I, I don't Hard know. To say. He I, smokes pot, though. And he's worried about corporations. Um, you know, I don't think it'll be the loss of our culture because, um, you know, Ben Franklin was uh, bemoaning the loss of our, the English culture here in America to Mm -hmm. the Germans in Pennsylvania, (laughs) uh, 300 years ago, Al. Um, this is, you You know, to stop the invasion of the Krauts. Is that what, well, you know, at that point it was the Hessians, (laughs) you know, it was Um, the the Irish, it was the Italians, you know, it's it's all along. No, it's not the culture, the culture, the culture, it's the chicken little saying of, of, you know, our current times, just give it up. It really is. They're not, the Mexicans are not going to take America from you. I swear, you know, and if they speak Spanish and they eat goats instead of cows, so what? It'll be all right. I swear. Goat milk is good. Uh, really, I mean, it, again, it gets back to the definition of what is the culture of America. What What is it that you're talking about, anyway, Al? I don't understand it, because I think that you can have different cultures in America. I think the thing that makes America neat is that we accept people, or supposedly, accept people from all around the world who are in search of more freedom, and uh, we allow them to create whatever sort of life they want for themselves, and that may or may not include uh, similar 
facets to your culture, to what you consider your culture. I don't know. Maybe Al's culture is, uh, you know, to be a good uh, Christian and go to church every week and hang out with people like that and smoke pot at night. Uh, Mm -hmm. And maybe somebody else's culture is to go to punk rock shows or to hang out with uh, rockers and get drunk every night. Or There's a bunch of different people living in their own little culture in America. I don't think there's one overarching culture. If anything, it's supposed to be the culture of freedom where Anything goes, as and long as you aren't hurting someone. different culture in Southern California than there is in um, sure. Wisconsin, than there is in Texas, than there is in Florida, than there is in Maine. So to say, or than there is in New York City, to say that there's a culture in America is just it's absurd. ludicrous. Right. And to say, suggest that you could lose it, I mean, you can't even define it in the first <laughs> right. place. It doesn't How exist. are you going to know when it's gone, Al? Thanks for the email. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Let's go to Dave in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Dave. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Long live Free Talk. Hey, Dave. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, I think most people today are afraid of true freedom. Matter of fact, matter of fact, the statement that all men are created equal will, will start an argument with mostly anybody and that our creator gave us certain unalienable rights and among these right are freedom uh, pursuit of happiness and liberty of freedom and he says among these those he only mentioned three of them and and there's so many more unalienable rights given to us by our creator is it possible taken away by our government well now maybe that's because maybe they were wrong dave and maybe this is now let follow me on this Maybe they were wrong. Maybe bureaucrats were not created equal. Maybe they were created better. Maybe bureaucrats were created better than the rest of mankind. No, because see, let, let me get to the immigration thing. That oh, see, this thing, America, isn't a place. The place is in your in people's heart, mind, and soul. Mm. It's a. a uh, it's uh, more than just uh, lines on a map, is right? It's saying. it's meant for the world, man. It, it's meant. But, Everybody's afraid of the immigrant. When the slaves were released, they said, that's going to ruin America. Then the Irish came. They said that was going to ruin America. Then the Italians and the Poles, that was going to ruin America. Then they gave the vote to the black. That was going to ruin America. And it never did. America gets better every time. I say, open up the gates. Let let more free people, more free people. Our father, forefather says that we're going to need more freedoms when when this place gets bigger. You're absolutely right. You know, we right. got to compete with China with this global stuff. We got to compete with India. We're going to need the Canadians. We're going to need the Mexicans, and we're going to need ourselves to show these people the the way to freedom. Yeah, it's and, not. And, it's not the. Uh, it, it's not the immigrants' problem. It's the problem no. with government. It, the right. problem it's is Uncle the government. Sam. Tell Al. Tell Al. Who's at the front door letting them in? Uncle Sam is doing it. And know why? Because Uncle Sam is complying to treaties we have entered in through. If they just look into the, the records that are written down already, they meant in... Uh, Montreal, they met in Waco, they met in uh, the one place down there in Cancun. They all they announced the North American Union. 
Nobody wants to talk about it. I say instead of feeling afraid that America is going to disappear, no, Americans are going to rise up and show people how to be free, and we'll bring it to the world if we have to. That's the plan, Dave, and we really appreciate hearing from you as always. Thank you, sir. 800-259-9231. Also, I want to thank Dave and uh, I believe Rick and a few of the other listeners over there in KGEZ land in Montana for for taking the time to call in. I, I called their program director the other week, and apparently they do you know they do like a midday local show there on mm-hmm. the station and uh and they called in to to go to bat for free talk live they actually just called the midday show and said hey we want to get more free talk live because they're only getting one hour of the show nice on uh, on kgez and so now we're in talks about maybe doing a little expansion i got my fingers crossed and and it's all because of those guys calling and going to bat for us and that's really awesome Cool. We really appreciate that. And we appreciate that from anybody anywhere uh, who listens to the show, calling their local stations, makes a big difference for us. And because it helps get the show out to more new people. It helps get the message of freedom and liberty, us agitators, as Al would call us, uh, out to more people. And, of course, as Free Talk Live expands, as more new people start hearing this show, we're going to find some, uh, we're going to find some people that don't like us. We're going to find some people that don't agree with what we're doing, but that's fine. That's inevitable. That is, uh, the cross we bear for doing a talk radio show. You know, this isn't an advice show, though we're happy to give you advice if you, if you're looking for it. (laughs) We've certainly done it in the past. And this isn't a lightweight program where we're trying to make it look like America's a wonderful, happy place. If America was a wonderful, happy place, I'd be happy to talk about how great it is. But right now, all I can see are problems in America. There are, there's the occasional good news, and as you pointed out, Mark, we bring it to you when it comes across our desk. But when you've got bad news upon bad news upon bad news, it's really, it really behooves us, as people who believe in freedom, to talk about it and to bring it to your attention. So hopefully that... More can just happen than just talking, because talk's important and everything, and we like to do it here on Free Talk Live, but talk isn't really action, and that's one of the things we support is action, people getting up off their butts, doing something about liberty, getting liberty back in our lifetime, and that's why we're such big supporters of the Free State Project. More's on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. It is your show, 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live and your show. You can take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231. Bring up anything. That's the packet8.net toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away, so do enjoy them. But we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by voting for us. Uh, we ask you to do it once a month. Head over to vote.freetalklive.com. Takes you less than a minute. All you need is your email address. Very simple, very effective. Helps us get more people listening to the show online because your votes help keep us in the top ten podcasts of the world. Last night we were at number two. I'm not sure where we're at right now, but it's thanks to your votes that we're even there. Vote.freetalklive.com. Also, we need you to go to dig.freetalklive.com. Register for a dig account if you don't have one yet. It's free. And then dig up Free Talk Live. We're the number two. And now this, There's a little bit of good news here, Mark. Yeah. And I sent out an email about this last night, so if you're on the updates list, you already know about it. But dig.com, one of the top hundred websites in the entire world, 
in the entire, at least in the, in the United States. It's huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dig is a huge website looked at by a lot of people. It's a brilliant site. It allows people to essentially dig up news stories that they find of interest. And if you dig the news story, the more digs the story gets, therefore the more people are interested in it, the, uh, the, it gets promoted. It gets to the front page. More people can then see it, and hence they can dig it and get the story and all of that. So it's, it's a neat way to, uh, to do news. And allow uh, essentially, it's like a, almost a democratic process, but it's on a voluntary basis. So I support it. I think it's cool. Um, anyway, Dig's a cool site, and they've started a podcast section on Dig.com. Well, there's a little bit of good news, and the good news is that of the news podcasts, now Dig is a technology website for the most part, so the tech podcasts are are just wiping the slate clean. I mean, it's hard to, it's going to be impossible to compete with some of the tech podcasts, mm-hmm. but we can still get up there. We could still make it onto the front page. We aren't on the front page right now. We could be with about 10 times the votes that we currently have. So if every one of our listeners went and dug Free Talk Live, we'd, ba- uh, we'd make it to the front page at dig.freetalklive.com. The good news is, under the news subcategory, the top two podcasts are libertarian podcasts. Oh, cool. A lot of techies are libertarians. It's true. Who's the uh, other... We, there's another podcast out there that's libertarian? And libertarians. Uh, libertarianism is getting hot. It's certainly uh, attracting more younger people, and Dig has certainly a more younger audience. The other podcast is, of course, uh, the awesome Pendulette, ah. um, who we love here on Free Talk Live, and that's why it's so hard to compete with uh, with somebody who you admire, but nonetheless, don't dig pen show, mm-hmm. dig free talk live at dig.freetalklive.com. Uh, as much as you may want to dig pen show, you must withhold from the urge. I even wanted to go and dig pen show just because I like the guy, but uh, I can't do that because that would hurt us, and we want to be number one. So dig.freetalklive.com. Hey, uh, we've been talking about government regulations. Al had emailed in and said, oh, it's no big deal. You guys complain too much about the government. Uh, They're not tyrannical. They're not evil. They're not trying to corrupt people. But they are. And, uh, Wayne, you've got an example of some pretty uncorruptible people that the government's doing its best to corrupt. What's going on? That's right. The Amish. Um, There was a really interesting article last week on freemarketnewsnetwork.com about how the Amish have much to teach us. And basically it gets into the sense of self-sufficiency the Amish have, mm. um, how they, their communities are very voluntary. If somebody's house burns down, who fixes it for them? That the Amish does. The Amish do, right. They don't ask for government assistance. They don't do any of these things. Well, um, basically what's happened in, in a few states, and particularly in this case the, the Buckeye state of Ohio, is that the local bureaucrats there are trying to promote food stamps to the Amish, and they don't want to accept them. Hmm. And, uh, in fact, they've a lot of these bureaucrats have had orders from higher-ups to promote them to these Amish people. Get, a, get those food stamps mm-hmm. out. And, uh, basically, it's been... Um, uh, the, the Amish are resisting it wholeheartedly. They're not, uh, they're not accepting them. As expected. I mean, they are very independent people, and that's one of the reasons I have so much respect uh, for the Amish. I mean, as an atheist, I have a lot of respect for the Amish because they keep to themselves. They keep their religion to themselves. If you want to know about their religion, they'll, they'll tell you about it, right. but you're going to have to ask them. Well, I know uh, in your native Sarasota, Florida, there's a pretty big, big community. Amish community. And mm-hmm. I, there's, there's this uh, group of uh, Amish midgets that w- crosses the street sometimes. And once in a while, I, I see them. them. Oh, you've never seen them? I don't think so. 
Oh, I'm surprised you haven't seen it. I am, I am too. I've been, lived there my whole life up until this year. Amish midgets. Um, but mm. they're great people. I've had the chance to, to work with some of them um, because I was working in the sales department at a, at, at a radio station there. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the clients uh, that you would set up, you'd set up the accounts, Mark, uh, were Amish folk. Yep. And uh, one of the people I had approached just on my own was an Amish, uh, Amish furniture dealer. Mm-hmm. And they're just some of the nicest, um, most friendly people, people you want to deal with, people you want to do business yeah. with. And Up front, they you know, honest to the core. Yeah. Do now, I know you're pulling this news from uh, Free Market News Network. Do they actually have any quotes from from the Amish as far as um, how they're rebuffing the government bureaucrats when they're trying to ply them with food stamps? No. Uh, this this article is based on Paul Jacobs' late, latest at the time last week common sense column, and what he notes is the reluctance of the Amish people, along with Latino immigrants, also due to their own personal sense of pride. To sign up for the program has state bureaucrats and politicians very concerned. Who knows? Maybe <laughs> if people see that others can make it on their own, we won't need so much welfare. Well, maybe uh, it's maybe it's not the real problem. Maybe it's the politicians and bureaucrats who administer the pro, uh, programs that are the problem. To keep their own jobs, maybe. Yeah, well, because if people aren't taking the food stamps, then they are not going to get bigger budgets next year, right? That, that means there's probably more people working in the food stamp administration than there are people accepting food stamps. It's certainly possible, uh, at least in maybe the Amish, Amish areas of the country. Yes. And so essentially they're trying to ply the Amish with the food stamps so they can expand their program, so sure. the government program it, can grow. It's sick and it's pathetic. They're it, not trying to like help a, people. They're yeah, trying to get them on the dole. They're trying to make them dole junkies. I don't see how anybody can uh, now. Now, when you well, let's go back to Al and his position that well, you're shaking the, you're rattling the cage. Why is why are you shaking the boat? What's the deal here? What there's this government's not a problem. Why are you talking about things in small town USA? Well, the Amish live in small town USA, the areas of Ohio and Pennsylvania that they live in. I don't even know if they qualify as towns. They're so small. And we're talking about this because it's important to everyone. Welfare's an issue that whether or not you're Amish you should know and understand is a problem. Government welfare gets people hooked on government handouts, whether they be in the form of food stamps or a paycheck every month. You're getting rewarded for filling out paperwork, essentially. And government uh, welfare is something that I, I don't think a lot of people really understand how devious it is. I think a lot of people, their, their, con, their conceptualization of welfare is, well, people that need help, they go to get welfare and they get helped. That's the Amish don't, the don't need help and they don't want help. And, and these people are trying to ram it down their throats. And it's, it's, it's disgusting. It's a cancer. And, and when you dig into the issue of welfare, that's when you really start to un- that's when you can start to understand how how devious it is, how despicable and and destructive it can be. In that, uh, not only are they trying to shove it down people's throats, not only are they getting people uh, hooked on this welfare, which of course is dangerous to their sense of pride and their sense of self responsibility and everything. And, and but them the program, ever going back to work. But as far as just the concept of helping people, welfare is the worst way you can imagine to help people because, as you pointed out, Mark, there are more welfare bureaucrats probably in these areas than there are actual people on welfare. And in the case of welfare programs in general, there's a tremendous amount of overhead, mm-hmm. even if you just look at it from the perspective of, oh, well, they're helping people. And there may be people that are honestly getting help on welfare. I'm not mm-hmm. ironing that out. The point is, it's inefficient. The government takes your money, then they distribute it to the welfare bureaucrats, who then buy a bunch of office furniture and laptops and a bunch of crap that they don't necessarily need. 
they get them give themselves tremendous you know the administrators get six figure salaries and that sort of thing they have to administrate after all and uh, and they splurge with this money because they didn't have to earn it they didn't have to go out like Salvation Army and hold the uh, the pots and the ring the bells uh, outside of stores they right. just took the money and then they essentially I believe that Dr Mary Ruart specifies in her excellent book Healing Our World which I recommend you can read it for free actually at her website ruart.com r u w a r t Dot com. She points out that the welfare program at the federal level has a, something like a 60 to 70 percent overhead. That's that means, terrible. Yeah, that means of every dollar that comes in, a quarter is going back out to the people that are on the welfare program. And the bureaucrats, the middle class bureaucrats running the show, they're the ones that are benefiting from welfare. It's, they're middlemen, basically. They're just giving right. the crumbs back to the people who need it. And that's something that somebody doesn't know until they actually dig into the program and understand why uh, what's going on and understand why it works that way. And the reason it works that way is because it's government. It doesn't work that way for the Salvation Army, the United Way, these other organizations that help other people. No, if it did work that way for those organizations, people would stop giving them money because they're too inefficient. And the other thing is that if you don't like what the United Way is doing or you discover that there's some corruption within them, you can stop giving yep. voluntarily. You can't yep. do that with government. That's right. And what does government produce? Boy, bureaucrats? <laughs> I mean, what productive thing do they Nothing. produce? They're, yeah. a, they're a parasite on the economy. That's the whole point. The, the productive part of our economy is shrinking. We need to regrow that. And that's why one of the reasons we talk about these things. Now, coming up, we got into the discussion earlier about purism libertarians and the, the schisms within the libertarian movement. I've got something uh, that, that speaks to that here in a few moments. 800-259-9231. Hour number three is on the way. And as always, you can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. As we launch into hour number three, you can take control of the airwaves. Toll-free, 800-259-9231. The Packet 8 toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site there are completely free, so do enjoy those. They're on us. That is freetalklive.com. Well, last hour, we had gotten into a discussion about... The Libertarian Movement, and maybe even changing the name of the Libertarian Movement or the Libertarian Party, and it inevitably spun into the conversation about Libertarian Purism. Because uh, this is a this is if you're not a Libertarian, this will be a look into what it's like to uh, to be involved in this movement. Essentially, there's uh, there's two there's two groups that are at odds in the libertarian movement, and there are actually more than just two, but there are, there are at least two. And one group are people like me, who are purist libertarians, people who believe in the principle, because the Libertarian Party calls itself the party of principle. And the principle is a statement that you sign when you join the Libertarian Party, and the statement is, I don't support or advocate the initiation of force to achieve political or social goals. So a libertarian purist will take that and apply it and say, okay, well, if I don't support force, then that means I can't support anything of a coercive nature, and so therefore government must be virtually eliminated from our lives. That's what a purist, somebody like me, believes. Then you've got somebody like Mark. Right, who believes that a, uh, li uh, that a libertarian is somebody who wants to see a smaller government and a few or 
many different areas. And um, who believes that the uh, the the pledge that's on the front of the libertarian website is in fact an anarchist pledge. And if you eliminate violence from the um, the political process entirely, um, then you no longer have a government. And, Hooray! <laughs> oh, see, so that side of the uh, argument actually uh, admits that it has, is in fact a libertarian pledge, which means that um, you know when that side argues for the pledge, they're actually arguing against the existence in the party of people who believe otherwise. Yeah, I yeah, guess. that's what they're saying. Well, hey, we're the libertarian. We are an anarchist, so the libertarian party and all the rest of you can shut up or get out. Well, the fact is, we have allowed them in. And the more that uh, the more that we continue to allow in, and they the, outnumber you nine or yeah, ten to and one, and they've begun taking over the party, and so people like you, Mark, should be very happy with it. Um, they've begun taking over the party, and they've essentially destroyed the the purity of the movement. They've come up there destroying the concept of libertarianism by coming up with proposals that they deem to be libertarian, which aren't at all. We talked about a year ago, There was the libertarian was making a big hubbub about the fact that they'd come up with an exit plan for Iraq. The only political party to come up with an exit plan for Iraq. And they were promoting it and sending out press releases. And and so we talked about it here. And I looked, took a look at the details with their vaunt, much vaunted exit plan. And I figured, okay, libertarian exit plan from Iraq. I don't really have to read the paperwork to understand it. Get on the planes, go home. That's the libertarian exit plan from Iraq. Yeah, that sounds like it to me. But no, their version was, uh, well, we're going to move some of the troops uh, from Iraq to another country. What? That's not very libertarian. We're going to move <laughs> some troops to another country and send some foreign aid over to some other countries as well. And they were outlining all kinds of unlibertarian things, like things that even uh, a libertarian like you, Mark, wouldn't uh, would necessarily not necessarily agree with. Understood. Um, they mean foreign aid, not libertarian. That Liber- sounds like the Dwight D. Eisenhower uh, school of libertarianism there. Right. It was just messed up. And that's one of the problems with the infiltration that's been going on with the party. And so it's just exemplary of the schisms within this movement. And to, to back up what you say, Mark, this is one of the reasons why the Libertarian Party is ineffective. They just can't get it together. They can't agree on what they agree on. They can't, uh, they can't uh, get behind a unified platform because uh, the purists won't satisfy the people that want government in some areas. And the people that want government won't satisfy the purists. And you've just got this impasse. Well, Anthony Gregory from LewRockwell.com points out that there may be even more than um, meets the eye to this schism, to this difference. And uh, again, LewRockwell.com, he writes, I've been called a left libertarian. And depending on how the term is defined, the term does have some accuracy. But it can also be misleading. The confusion comes in what's meant when one discusses left and right libertarianism. Just as the general concepts left and right are riddled with obfuscation and imprecision, left and right libertarianism can refer to a number of varying and at times mutually exclusive political orientations. And we lament over this in general on Free Talk Live when somebody gets on the air and claims to be a conservative. The first question I always ask is, well, what's that mean? What's it is, it, what's it's it mean very to be a confusing. It's, um, I don't know what a conservative is. I don't know what a liberal is. I mean, it, it may very, very, very broadly define what people's political beliefs are. But, um, you know, if you look at the, the world's smallest political quiz, it has those ter- two terms on it. It does. But and, at least it has a d- definition. Right. Like, I understand that definition, but I don't think that most people understand that definition. I don't think so either. I mean, Rush Limbaugh called us on the air leftist wackos, mm-hmm. which to me says that I'm a liberal. I don't believe myself to be a liberal. 
I, I don't define myself as a liberal. Just because you don't agree with Rush, you're a, you're a liberal. Wacko. I know, I know. That's disgusting, isn't it? Yeah. Well, now, when you look at the word conservative, there's different camps within that word. I mean, if you could if I had define... to pick one or the other, I would choose to be a conservative. A, but, but then are you a small government conservative or are you a neoconservative, right? So, I mean, yeah, what is the difference? Am I part of the religious right? I mean, am, am I what is what, right. what is a conservative? Well, that, that, this is what we're looking at here with the terms left and right libertarian. As he points out, left libertarians might be those concerned mostly with personal freedoms, whereas right libertarians are interested mainly in economic freedoms. Left libertarians could be those who have sympathy, uh, sympathy for voluntary uh, voluntary egalitarianism, whereas right libertarians are more favorable towards natural hierarchy. Left libertarians might be those who live culturally leftist lifestyles rather than conservative lifestyles of right libertarians. Left libertarians might be those who actively seek others to embrace their own leftist lifestyle, whereas right libertarians might seek others to embrace their own conservative lifestyle. Left libertarians may oppose big business, whereas right libertarians see it as a great victim of the state. Left libertarians may have a new left opposition to empire, whereas right libertarians have a favor a strong national defense. Left libertarians might think the state should actively intervene in foreign affairs to protect liberty, whereas right libertarians have an old right opposition to empire. Do you see the differences between the last two? Yeah. You could define yourself as a left libertarian and have a opposition to empire, or you could define yourself as a left libertarian and think the state should intervene in foreign affairs to protect liberty. So these definitions are questionable. Yeah. Left libertarian, right libertarian. What's it mean? Well, he says there are other possible ways to look at it, each adding to the potential confusion. In terms of policy and principle, we see that right and left within libertarianism tells us very little. Many culturally conservative libertarians will support the war in Iraq and violations of civil liberty. Look at some of the talk show hosts that call themselves libertarians. Mm -hmm. Neil Bortz, he supports the war in Iraq. That's not a very libertarian position in my opinion. I don't think he did it first. I think after that, that visit to the White House. No, he was on board before that. I don't think they would have called him to the White House had he not been on board. Uh, many cultural liberal, uh, many culturally liberal libertarians will as well. And then there are very principled libertarians who've been categorized as being on both the left and the right. The key distinction, and I guess it would be somebody like me, because I support personal freedoms and economic freedoms, every issue, every time. The key distinction among varying kinds of libertarians should be seen as one in principle, not in aesthetics. There are libertarians who champion freedom of association, decentralism, individual liberty, unfettered private property, and exchange in peace. And then there are libertarians who want to make the government work more efficiently, who grant considerable exceptions to their anti-statism for the state to be used in a host of areas, who compromise on property rights and free association and favor government war. Now we're getting into the schism of the purist libertarians versus the other libertarians. Right. The real issue isn't left or right libertarianism, as it turns out, but rather, as in the greater political spectrum, whether a person sees the state as a major hazard or just another institution to be reformed and directed towards a political goal. In the case of pro-state libertarians, like you, Mark, the goal... <laughs> oh, I'm a pro-state libertarian. The goal might be some vague concept of freedom. I'm a radical, um, small government uh, libertarian. You are a minarchist. By most libertarian standards. A small government means you're pro-state. Means well, you, uh, you want the state in some areas. What if you believe that the government should be a referee and not the heavyweight champion of the world? Define. Well, a referee is somebody... A referee doesn't hit the, a boxer if he, if he, if he uh, uh, 
delivers a dirty shot. Okay. He, he, he looks over at the uh, judges and said, there's a point against him. Well, now, if you're talking about an organization that doesn't employ force, you aren't talking about a government anymore, Wayne. You're talking about a, some sort of vo- a voluntary association of individuals. You're talking about maybe arbitration, a voluntary uh, court system, or voluntary protection services, not government. Governments use force by definition. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. That's the packet8.net toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The Shrine of Female Listeners is there. Dozens of ladies who have taken the time to send us their validated photo that, that is in there proving that they listen to the show. You can see what I mean by going to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. And what's your liberty issue? Is it the war on drugs? Well, register now for the February 2007 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Speakers include Jack Cole, Executive Director of the Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, as well as Rob Campia, Executive Director of the Marijuana Policy Project, and New Hampshire residents who are working to end the war on drugs. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum for more information and to get registered. That's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. So we're talking about uh, the schism, one of the, the key issue amongst the libertarian movement, and that is purism versus the minarchist camp. The people like me, this is essentially the, the schism that you see on the show that you'll hear on Free Talk Live. Uh, when we talk about issues, Mark tends to come at them from a small government perspective, while I come at them from a no government perspective. And uh, and that's what we're seeing here. Anthony Gregory from LewRockwell.com is pointing out that the difference between libertarians isn't libertarians on the right or libertarians on the left. It's purists versus those who support the government in some areas. And so we go on. He says the key distinction should be, or actually he says the real issue is not left or right libertarianism, but as it turns out, as in the greater political spectrum, whether a person sees the state as a major hazard or just another institution to be reformed and directed toward a political goal. In the case of pro-state libertarians, the goal might be some vague concept of freedom, but achieving this through the state poses many of the same problems as achieving anything through the state. Radical libertarians oppose the state fundamentally, including its military and its police apparatuses. There are a lot of libertarians, small government types, that can't get their uh, wrap their heads around the idea of a privately run police force or, or a don't believe it non-government uh, run Just military. Don't think it'll work. Right. So-called moderates, on the other hand, see the state as an indispensable institution, and perhaps in some sense, and especially when discussing the United States government with its celebrated constitution as the source of freedom itself, which should only be limited by internal mechanisms so as to serve humans in the best possible way. Moderate libertarians lament that the U.S. empire has perhaps weakened its legitimacy and standing in the world and standing in the world by overstretching itself in unnecessary wars of choice such as Iraq. Radical libertarians see the entire U.S. empire as a grave threat to liberty and world peace, which must be completely dismantled along with the standing army and regard such imperial projects as the Iraq war as acts of murderous aggression consistent with what should be expected from such a military empire. Well, I wouldn't call myself a moderate libertarian by that definition. I, uh, on that issue, no. Yeah, I wouldn't call you that either. I wouldn't call myself moderate on very many issues. I would call myself a very, very minarchist minarchist. You know, Mark, I think I would call you a pragmatic uh, libertarian. I like that term, pragmatic, which would define in Ian as unpragmatic. 
Impragmatic? Hey, no, I'm I would call to it what, how, do you, how do you say that? What, I would impragmatic? say idealistic. Crazy? How do you? I'm, no. I'm not sure. I, but there are room for idealists uh, in every every movement. People sure, there's have a, to have there, vision, Mark. You know, there's room in the asylum for the idealists. <laughs> Moderate libertarians uh, think that private enterprise is more efficient than the state. And so certain social service functions would be better handled through public-private partnerships or privatization of the provision of these services. I absolutely believe that. Radical libertarians see private enterprise, unlike the state, as moral and, yes, more efficient, and are thus wary of corrupting business by pairing it with the state, as well as the prospect of making the state's priorities more efficiently managed. State services should not be improved by corporatist deals between business and government, but outright abolished, with all legitimate functions taken over completely by the free market. And, of course, that, uh, that defines my position. Whenever I hear somebody calling in and saying, Well, we tried privatizing the road here in Indiana, and it just isn't working. They're raising the tolls. Uh, this privatization sucks. Well, it usually has to do with the fact that you're teaming up some government entity, right. whoever, whatever government entity is taking care of the roads, Department of Transportation, with a select company mm-hmm. who, no doubt, the board of directors or the owner has a friend who is involved in politics. And so they get a sweetheart lease deal, typically a 99-year lease at a dollar a year or something abs- absurd like that. And uh, and they get to set all the rules, and it's not the marketplace in action at all. It's just as he describes it, a corporatist sweetheart deal. That, that the whole concept of privatizing Social Security is the same misconception. It is it's that word uh, when government partners up with Wall Street brokerage firms to take your money. You're just exchanging one group of looters for another. Yes, and the uh, the the real damage is done, Wayne, to the term of privatization because yeah. when you shift over from full government control of whatever the issue is to a government corporate partnership and call that privatization, then everybody, when it fails, as it most likely inevitably will fail, right. maybe it won't fail as hard as the government, but it will fail um, because it involves a government, then everybody says, oh, we can't let the marketplace handle this. This privatization stuff just doesn't work. We need the government to do this all the time. It won't, it won't fail in the uh, the finite sense of, you know, just it, it, it in the same way that the power companies don't fail, um, like they'd stop producing power. And but there will be problems, and but people there will outline all kinds them. of problems. People will be very upset with what they're forced into, because you don't have a choice between power companies, and you won't have a choice um, in, you know, most privatization deals. Moderate libertarians think some forms of taxation are much better than others, since they're supposedly fairer and more efficient ways of collecting revenue. Well, I, uh, we've heard Mark advocate that. for uh, gas taxes, for instance. I do think it's fairer, and, and I do think it's more efficient. And I agree with you that if you're comparing evils, then it's certainly the lesser evil. But radical libertarians see taxation as the negation of property rights, to be done away with completely, and do not spend much time proposing new taxes to replace the old ones. Well, you know, I would love to see taxes done away with completely. Great. I just don't believe that you're ever going to get it, so why stand out in the desert and scream at the top of your lungs about how stuff's immoral? All you're going to get sunburn on your tongue. I can see room for both of your views, but I think that you can't just flip a switch and have it be a a totally... uh, pure libertarian world. Of course I think not. There has to be a transition because you're going to have all these people who work for the government that need to find jobs. Right. So Transitions there immoral. To, there, but there has to be a transitional <laughs> period. And so 
the, the no, initial, I understand that. The initial no, part of it has to be... Don't let him lie to you, Wayne. He does not understand. <laughs> yes, I do. You propose a transition to him. One transition. Any transition. He will shoot that baby out of the sky like you wouldn't believe and That's talk about how true, it's immoral. How about, you, how about how you're making deals with the devil about how you're making the problem worse, not better. I, he has, you are no, such an exaggerator. No, he wants nothing to do with transition. You're, you know what? That's, you're, you're exaggerating. Uh, to, to the point of of extreme. What? And that's not the case at all. And you know it. You know I'll I do support. Not. You know I'll support incremental changes. Let's talk about vouchers, shall we? You know I'll I'll support incremental changes toward liberty. And uh, if that's all that's on the table, that's what I'll support. But that doesn't mean I'm going to shut up about real liberty and that I'm going to be quiet about principle and getting to the point where we don't have to have these silly voucher programs, where we don't have to have gas taxes, because that is a possible vision. It is possible whether or not you want to believe it, Mark. No. You, what you will do is you will allow for a small – you will allow for an incremental return in liberty. You will not look at programs to get us out of this mess that the big government people have gotten us into. More like government for instance, programs? Like for instance, Making more government programs? Like for You're instance, right. vouchers? You yeah, don't want to talk about that. vouchers. We don't need to have vouchers. We can take the step, the incremental step, of getting rid of government schools. Yeah, That's just the like incremental that. step. There's yeah. incrementalism exactly. for you, Wayne. Incrementalism. 800-259-9231. It's possible. It's easy to understand. And it's the right thing to do. More's on the way. You take control. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. The packet 8 toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The conversation continues on our bulletin board system. Lots of stuff to talk about and a lot of people to interact with there. There's over 1,300 of our listeners uh, in the bulletin board system, playing around and uh, talking about serious issues and fun stuff as well. There's all kinds of different topics. You'll find it all, bbs.freetalklive.com. Over 160,000 posts await you, and it's all for free, bbs.freetalklive.com. Is there a young person that's important to you? Give them financial literacy. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton shows kids how to grow up financially free, save early and often, early and, often and how to develop passive income streams, the key to financial freedom. The average college student graduates with $7,000 in credit card debt. That's no way to start a life. Buy them A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich at akidsjourney.com or call 1-800-657-5066. That's akidsjourney.com. There you go. And we're talking about the uh, the difference between moderate libertarians and radical libertarians. And you see it here on this show, or you hear it here on Free Talk Live on almost a nightly basis, because, well, I'm a radical libertarian, and Mark's a moderate libertarian, at uh, least by definition of this uh, this article. Some, somewhat you're, moderate. You're a radical-leaning moderate, Mark, just because you've uh, been hanging around I'm me too much. Moderate, you know, Ian, moderate. I'd have to say I'm probably in the same camp as Mark, and many, just because I'm, probably, an, old, I'm yeah. an old guy now, you know? <laughs> You get less radical as you get old, is that what you're saying? Yeah, the testosterone level starts to diminish, and you just aren't as radical. Well, I don't think I'm radical because I have a lot of dis- testosterone. Oh, I'd, I'd agree say. with that. What? That, that you don't have, don't a, lot have a lot of testosterone. testosterone. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Moderate libertarians uh, complain. This is from Anthony Gregory at LouRockwell.com. Moderate libertarians complain that the police waste so many resources on such counterproductive programs as the war on drugs, when they should be doing more to protect our rights. 
Radical libertarians see government police departments as a threat to liberty in themselves, realize that the evil war on drugs is just what we should expect from a socialist provision of law and order, see the prison system, courts and police as systematically criminal and corrupt, and understand that we'd be safer if we got rid of as much of the state's involvement in law enforcement as humanly possible. In any event, the state should not be trusted blindly, even when it's doing something legitimate. Let's go to the phones. Nico in Illinois, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hello, Nico. Hello. Um, I just had a question. Uh, earlier you mentioned how uh, radical libertarians um, think that there should be, like, no government. Is that correct? Yeah, pretty close. All right. Well, um, you were talking about how you could have a private police force. That's correct. And basically, like, I couldn't... I couldn't see how that could possibly work because, I mean, I can see, you know, competition because, you know, different, you know, different companies can um, offer different services and stuff like that and competition with, right. you know, but the thing I don't get is, you know, how can you, how can uh, civilians just, you know, pull some guy off the street because he's speeding? Or is that Contracts, my friend. Uh, and this took me a while to understand myself. It's not an easy concept to get your mind wrapped around. I'm still coming to the point of really grasping it on my own. It's not simple, uh, but contracts would be the answer to your question. And basically the way it would work would be, since all property in a truly libertarian America, in a radical libertarian America, would be private, all of it. There would be no more tragedy of the commons, no more public so-called property, no more government-owned land, none of that. It'd all be in private hands. And if it's private property, you can set your own rules for said private property. And so, therefore, by traversing onto uh, private property, you would be agreeing to a set of rules. And, for instance, if you were talking about pulling somebody over on the road, then you would, by utilizing that person's road, you'd be agreeing to whatever their set of rules was for that road. And there probably would be some industry standards amongst um, the, the road business and that sort of thing to where uh, it, it would be expected that you would abide by the, the owner's rules. And if you didn't, um, then your reputation would likely suffer. And if your reputation suffers in a free America, then less people want to do business with you in the future. So there's an inherent, there's systems that can be built by the marketplace that would give people the incentives they need to behave. And if they misbehave, um, they would really actually have to make good on their misbehavior. And therefore, that the, the fact that they have to actually make good is also a disincentive against uh, misbehaving. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess it makes sense, but you know, that's like that's like another thing I don't get. It. You know, it's private road systems. Like, I mean, if you had private road systems, then you'd have the problem with you know, anybody you know who owned the road could just have the discretion to tell you, you know, you need to get off my road and stuff like that. So, What's wrong with that? Do you um, well before you go that far um, there? Do you, does Walmart often tell you you can't come in the parking lot? No. No, but they do say you can't camp overnight. No, yeah, Walmart doesn't, but right. um, other stores do. Walmart says uh, Walmart, Walmart says you can camp overnight, one night their, maximum. Sometimes I don't know what their rules are, but they actually, and you know, it just shows the differences. True. Is that Walmart, in fact, encourages people to camp in their um, parking lots to, for what, like one night or something? Right. Like that. They do it as a courtesy to their customers. No fires, though. No fires. You're right about that. So, there, so yes, you should be able to set those rules. But if you want to go to the extreme, then you could go to the uh, the old Mark claim, which I used to have trouble with, of, well, what if the road owners buy up all the roads around your house and keep you out? 
You know, there's that sort of paranoid kookery uh, that, uh, that I think comes that up. that makes more sense no, than some big company. Um, because you wouldn't sell the road piece out in front of your house unless you sold travel uh, travel rights on the road along with the contract uh, with the road. Assuming set. you got that piece. Uh, well, presumably that would be the best. I, that's the best way I can think of to depublicize the roads is to give pieces of each road to the property owner that abuts the road. Well, what if somebody gets on, in an accident on your section of the road? What if? I don't know. What do you mean? Well, couldn't they sue you if they're on your property? I don't know. I, I suppose insurance would, uh, accident insurance would come into play there. Nico, well, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. In a redesigned uh, arbitration system, I don't think that, uh, you know, it's it's not as likely. when it, in, a loser's pay, in a loser pay system, it doesn't really matter if somebody comes out to my house and tries to, you know, sue me because they ran into my mailbox. That which was in its proper place or, or whatever, you know, um, some scenario like that, which all the good middle class people are scared to death of because they don't want to be drug off to court. Well, because have, when loser pays, the loser pays all of the costs right. involved. Yeah, so the loser, when they, um, when a, when a, you know, fair court, um, you know, uh, go, go they go to court and a fair arbitration is given um, down, then then they have to pay for their silly, silly lawsuit. And it'll be uh, arbitrated quickly, too. So it won't be like 10 years before they actually have to pay. They'll have to pay right, o- right, o- right away. Well, what are those, all those attorneys going to do for work? Hmm, they'll have to get real, uh, real careers, I guess. Maybe work in private arbitration where they can make people happy. I- I'm sure some of them will be good, good people. I've met good attorneys. Uh, let's, go to, uh, let's talk to Brandon in Japan. Good morning, Brandon. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Good morning, guys. How are you? Hey, what's hey, on Brandon. your mind? Hey, I think this is a pretty interesting discussion. Um, you know, you guys are having a discussion that I have with myself often. And uh, when I first realized that I was a libertarian, I think I was probably more in Mark and Wayne's camp. But mm-hmm. the more, you know, the more pontification that I do on, on these kinds of topics, um, the more and more I'm leaning towards purist, exam- uh, purist philosophies and libertarianism. And it's the only sensible approach, a- Brandon. <laughs> well, you brought up a really yeah, good sensible. example um, of where I've changed my mind on, a, on, an, on an issue, which is school vouchers. Mm. Um, when, I was, when I was younger, I was a big fan of school vouchers. I thought that that was, that was really a really smart idea. Um, it was a very good, good concrete step to get government out of education. And since I do some work in education, um, it is something that I, that I you know, take interest in. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem when I start thinking, when I started thinking about school vouchers, is, is one is that's still quote unquote government money. So you're paying property taxes for schools, and what school vouchers is is just another layer of wealth redistribution. And so what happens is, let's say you want to take your kid out of the public school in your area, and you want to use a school voucher to go to a private school, okay. you know, 10 or 15 miles away. Well. That's government money. So if that private school takes that money from the voucher, they're now going to be subservient to the yep. government because now they're taking government money. They sure are. Now they, have to com- now they have to comply with government standards and government rules and government curriculum. And, and that, that can mean all kinds of new rules and regulations. I mean, it could be government standards all the way down to the type of milk they serve in the cafeteria. And I'm not exaggerating right. on no. that. It's true. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's why and that's... Then, go ahead. Yeah, and that's and one of the big other problems is that when you start transporting students, you can't discriminate because it's government money. So now you have to pay for a whole bunch of new buses to ship people 10, 20, 30 miles away from their house. And thank you, Brandon. We appreciate hearing from you. And that's coming from somebody who's yeah. in the education business. Well, I agree. It's not an increment. It's another reorganization of government. And that's what we don't need. More on the way. Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain in this, the Wednesday edition of the show. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. The Packet 8 toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give everything away on the site. Those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you for access to their site. We give it all away for free. So enjoy freetalklive.com. Though, we do ask for your voluntary support. We've got over 310 people who have stepped forward to become Free Talk Live amplifiers at amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And if you like this show and you realize that it's the only one out there advocating liberty and freedom on a nightly basis, and you want to hear it get on more radio stations around the country, you want more Internet listeners on board, the best way to help us with that is to AMP Free Talk Live. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll learn more about the program. You'll learn about some of the perks that you'll get as an amplifier, and you can get signed up for as little as 3 bucks a month. amp.freetalklive.com. It really makes a difference. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, attaining economic and personal freedoms in America's freest state. This three-day event, February 23rd through the 25th, will be held convention-style in historic Concord, New Hampshire, with some of the program taking place in the State House. Register now for free state, uh, at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Continuing the conversation about moderate libertarianism versus radical libertarianism. They, a bit of a schism within the libertarian movement. And Anthony Gregory at lewrockwell.com is, is outlining some of the differences, some of the uh, differences in stances and positions between the two different groups. For instance, moderate libertarians think some functions are so important that the government must handle them, leading to equivocation on important matters like central banking, government roads, uh, eminent domain, taxation, government enforcement of intellectual property, a huge prison system, and a military empire. Radical libertarians trust the state least with functions that humans cannot do without. We don't, we don't think that the state is appropriate for anything, and very least, the critical things. Because the market, as we've seen, can handle critical things. The market can handle shelter. The market can handle food distribution. Um, why can't it handle roads? Why can't it handle protection? Well, well, it can. A lot of times the government short-circuits the market. For example, in the early 50s under Eisenhower, they built a lot of the, the highway system, mm-hmm. which they didn't necessarily need. What They, they could have just gone it with private railroads, and uh, a lot of cities are, are in the West are worse off for it because they were designed for the automobile. What, what the superhighway system did for America was it helped the auto companies and the oil companies. Really? Who were in bed with the government. And, and it's wow. not the most efficient way to travel in many places. There's there's definitely a need for roads, but uh, and now all these big cities are so jammed up. They've got four six lane highways, and they're still b- gridlocked because of, of the poor design. And the government created that problem. Yep. And now the government wants to solve the problem. And as we all know, the government will create more problems as a result of its attempts to solve its existing ones. Well, moderate libertarians worry that people will see them as radicals, so they emphasize that they don't hate government. They only seek to make it leaner, better, and more effective at its legitimate functions. Radical libertarians fear not in exposing the truth behind government lies and atrocities, calling an act of murder an act of murder, even when the state does it, and upholding consistently the ethic that there is nothing that politicians should be allowed to do, with or without democratic support, that others outside of government shouldn't also be allowed to do. If it's wrong for some random organization to drop a bomb on a city block with innocent people there, in hopes of wiping out some belligerents, then it's equally wrong for the state to do so. There is no exception. When you look at what's really important, says Mr. Gregory, it's obvious that there are so-called left libertarians and right libertarians that populate both factions of the moderate radical divide. 
Ever since 9-11 and its aftermath of state expansion, it's become even more clear that previous ways of looking at the political spectrum have become anachronistic. This has been true within the libertarian movement no less than in the broader spectrum, as previous allies who saw things in terms of left and right sided with or against the war on terror, not so much on the basis of their leftism or rightism, but rather due to their conception of liberty in the state. The issue, as always, is power versus liberty, the state versus freedom. In the end, we don't need libertarians to move toward the left or the right. We need only that people move towards libertarianism, and that libertarians maintain their principles and resist the state's many temptations to adopt its agendas and inverted morality. In short, we need libertarians to be libertarians, rather than government apologists who use libertarian rhetoric to defend state aggression. Neil Bortz. Whether libertarians see themselves as more on the left or on the right is not as important as that they see libertarianism as their true ideological home. Liberty as the highest political value, and the state as liberty's external, or excuse me, eternal enemy. And uh, I agree entirely. And that's part of what we're doing here on Free Talk Live. We've been sort of discussing it during the breaks. And how it is that Free Talk Live is going to help change, and other, I think, libertarian shows. But I think Free Talk Live more specifically, because Free Talk Live is going to help change the, the method, uh, the, the terms of the debate. Because what you have in popular culture today, whether it's on television or radio, is you've got, and I guess to some extent the internet, but more so big media, television, radio, you've got like CNN with Crossfire. Right. You have left or, or right. Right. You know, are you a liberal? Are you a conservative? Or Combs and Hannity. And it's, it's <laughs> that's really the, you know, those, those are your options. But here on Free Talk Live, we frame the debate in small government or no government. Or... Liberty and more liberty. Yeah, you know, one one of those ways, um, and you know, you pick it, and either way, we win. Freedoms win in America. The big fallacy is that really uh, it, it manifests in the fact that the extreme right and the extreme left are really the same thing. Mm. The true spectrum is totalitarianism versus anarchy, and the ideal sweet spot, as recognized by the founders, is actually a little bit on the anarchy side of the center, small government. However. Um, anarchy is still better than huge totalitarian government. Absolutely. And, and the founders recognized that, and they tried it, but as we've now discovered a few hundred years later, it didn't work. Well, because you let somebody get a little bit of power, and it, they're going to expand it, and they're going to expand it. And, and if the people do what they normally do, and that is not pay attention because they're busy with their own lives, then the power just goes unchecked, and now here we are. Here well, we are with a big Flipping government that the founders never possibly would have envisioned. That's right, but they were hypocritical. They they had they allowed slavery and it's they true. treated women yeah. and other people of other races differently. If if it were the same for everybody like it would be now, it, it ha- would have a much greater chance of success. Right, which they made a lot they, of mistakes. Which is why they shouldn't be worshipped. Uh, they shouldn't. They did some good things for sure, mm-hmm. and it was a great, wonderful experiment in my opinion. But it's also a failed experiment. It didn't work out, and they weren't perfect. They were men, fallible like all men can be. And I don't think that they should be held up on the pedestals. And I certainly don't think the Constitution uh, should be held up on the pedestal that it constantly is. It's important to understand where this country came from. It's important to understand the Constitution in that it outlines some of the principles and the founding concepts of the liberty ideal for America, at least originally. But it wasn't a perfect document, and they weren't perfect men. We could still live those concepts without being hypocritical, and it would work much better. Yeah, I, I agree completely. But back to what I was pointing out about Free Talk Live changing the uh, the terms of the debate. 
there are other libertarian shows. Neil Bortz, he calls himself a libertarian. I mean, Mark, you're a radical libertarian in comparison to Neil Bortz. <laughs> but uh, Neil doesn't have another – he doesn't have a radical libertarian voice on his show to go up against him. And that's what you have on Free Talk Live. You've got Ian in the radical camp. You've got Mark in the semi-moderate, I guess, moderate-esque camp. And then you've got Wayne or Gardner or somebody else that will throw into the mix just to have an extra opinion from time to time. But if we were to put a, uh, if we were to go up, like for instance, there was the Talkers Talk Radio Convention that they had this year, where they get the big names like Sean Hannity was there, and uh, you know the Talkers get together and they have their little convention in New York City. And we went; it was our first time. And what mm-hmm. they do is they have the uh, the t- Radio Rumble, where they get three right hosts. And three left hosts, and they put I thought them, it was four and four, but okay, whatever. Uh, they put them up on the, the the stage, and they just bring up. There's a moderator, and the moderator brings up topics, and they go at each other. It's fun. It's a lot of fun to sit there and watch. And we're we were right there in the front row watching the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And man, didn't you really want to jump into that? Didn't I wanted you really it so want to bad. Those people, you know, it was just big government all over the yeah. place. And very few of them um, suggested free market uh, solutions to different problems and, and those kind of things. It just amazed me. Yep. It, and, uh, and so if you put one Free Talk Live host in a, into a lineup like that, it will completely throw... change the terms of the entire debate. It absolutely would. In the same way that if you put a libertarian candidate into a, a debate between a Republican and a Democrat, it would also change the terms of the debate, which is why they don't want to do that. Yep. Why do you think they threw Michael Bednarik in jail? Exactly. He was making too much of a stink. They didn't want him anywhere near the uh, the debate, which is when he was arrested. He was outside of the debate at that time. God bless Michael Bednarik. And, uh, yeah, he had a lot of courage to, uh, mm-hmm. to do what he did in that case. They didn't let Harry Brown ever debate either when he ran. That's true. He would, they, he would have uh, skewered them. He, oh, man, it would have been awesome to, to, if that had ever happened. But that's what, we're go- that's what we're moving towards now in America, thankfully. Um, as libertarian thought becomes more popular, as shows like Free Talk Live or Penn Jillette or... Uh, or John Stossel, become more popular, our ideas will get into the national debate. And eventually, when people hear them, they'll realize that we're so different from the lefties and the righties that we're worth listening to. And once people start listening and paying attention, they'll get it, because it's simple. You think they're going to let us You think they're going to let us into the Radio Rumble next year? I don't know. Michael Harrison, Talkers Magazine, does like us. We'll see. Eventually, I think we'll get there, Mark. All right. We'll see you uh, tomorrow night online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 